Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So this might be the second hottest take of a conversation we've ever had publicly for your viewership and listenership. Yeah. Are you ready? I am so ready. (laughs) (laughs) We started having this conversation the other day, and it was one of those where it was like, oh, yes, that, and oh, that's what I mean, that, and oh, they need to hear this. And so that's what we're bringing to you today. Yes. And I know it can be a hot take, and and what I'm going to ask from you first before we dive in and before you You, scroll away. You need to listen. You need to listen. Don't (laughs) just assume as soon as we start talking. That you know what we're going to say and that you know what it means because you you don't. And the reason behind our passion for this topic and for you to hear this topic is because we actually deeply care about your team. Absolutely. Deeply. Deeply. (laughs) Like could not emphasize that more. And I think there's- The culture of your company is at stake and I care. 100%. And I also want to acknowledge that when these mistakes are made, it's coming from the bestest of hearts. You are doing this because you care too. And we see that. And we've been there. We've made these same mistakes. And we're going to point it out. And we're going to point it out and talk about it. But the reason why we are still, in spite of the the conversations that could be had because of this conversation, I think it is very important because it is the future of your company is at stake. The future of you and your employees is at stake. And I care about that too much for you to keep making this mistake. Yeah. And so we're going to shut it down. And you're not going to like it. It's going to make you feel a little mm-hmm. uncomfy. Mm-hmm. And I am okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm good in the uncomfy. It's fine. So the fact of the matter is, is you're drastically overpaying your staff. More than likely. Drastically. Uh-huh. And there's so many problems with this. Yep. And what's super interesting to me is that in the same room, the same room of clients where I can see people who are drastically overpaying who, and we're going to get into all of this, but like they're not paying themselves as the owner, like hardly anything, but they're paying near six figure salaries for people on their team, or they are paying themselves a little bit, but they have so many six figure earners on their team, or they only have one and they can't afford any more help, but that person isn't actually helping growing the business. I see all of that. And in the exact same chat log, like the same chat log, I can see people saying, oh, well you could hire a VA for super cheap. And I just find that very interesting, the like just a position of drastically overpaying and also seeking cheap labor. 
and I hate it. There's, there's <laughs> so much wrong with both of them. So much wrong with both of them. And we talked in a previous session about how contractors and employees simply must be different. Yeah. And because of that, you also have to pay them different. And honestly, if you start to move away from contractors who are doing core things in your business, more than likely, you're not going to hire general VAs anymore. Right. Whoa. First of all. And so your contractors might be the highest paid people on your team yep. because you are actually hiring business consultants yes. on your team yes. to fulfill certain niche expert activities. Not always. They won't always be the highest paid people, but they have the opportunity to be because you are paying them for a skill set that you do not, you're choosing intentionally to not train people in internally. And at some point it might make sense. Examples of these are ads and marketing, mm -hmm. SEO, bookkeeping, accounting, financial planning, things that like for the norm aren't your areas of expertise. Right. They're not a part of the core essential functions mm -hmm, of your business. Mm -hmm. They are aspects of and sometimes requirements of, mm -hmm. but they are not core to what you do. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a marketing agency that ran ads, I don't recommend that you have an ads team that's right. outsourced. Right. Okay. But if you are, if you're utilizing a service like that and that's not core to what you do, okay, we'll, okay, fine. And we'll entertain that. But on the employee side, I see so many people and it's coming from a good place. Yeah. So many people are so concerned with making sure, because here's the thing, they watched what happened, what happened during our lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Our parents were raised by parents that came out of the great depression. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, they were, they told our parents, you got to work hard because you just never know when things are going to go to shit. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? This is money under the mattress type of behavior. <laughs> the, you never, you just never know. And then what happened in likely the height of most of our parents' careers, the great recession. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, so many of the people of our parents' generation lost their jobs or they Homes. lost jobs. their homes, lost Traumatic. so much money. Okay. They also were the generation that most likely started working in areas of business or areas that are outside of their training. Yeah. Because they couldn't find jobs that were hiring in their area of expertise. And so they would, you know, be underemployed is what mm -hmm. they call it, underemployed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So because of that, coming from a good place, we as their children mm -hmm. are building up businesses. We are rising up and we were told we can do whatever we want. We can put your mind to it. You've got it. You can do whatever you want. And so because of that, your goal is to create a safe and secure environment. Yeah. And you get so caught up in, I want to pay so well that my employees don't have to worry yep. that you are creating a toxic environment that will very likely end poorly. Yep. If not, you're in your entire business. Another theme <laughs> that I'm seeing as you kind of outline that time frame, that timeline is of our parents' generation. They are also 
not as educated as our generation, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. So they weren't getting the the jobs in their field because they didn't have the actual education. So younger people who did have the ed- education were coming in and taking the jobs or whatever. Well, right now we're the most overeducated generation Absolutely. who as business owners, can people can feel bad for not paying the rate at what that degree holder should get, even if the experience doesn't match. And so we went through a whole generation of people who had a shit ton of experience, but no degree who couldn't get the job. And now there's a shit ton of people who have the degree, but no experience. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. And I think so much of this comes from the competition happening in big business is causing a wage gap that small businesses simply cannot afford. Lord. It goes to the top. (laughs) Really, truly. There's big conglomerates. I mean, the Apples and Googles of the world love you guys. The Amazons. The Amazons, right? I love you guys. You're doing amazing things. Well, I love some of you. Well, I love your products. (laughs) I use your products. Okay, you know what I'm saying. There are big businesses that Mm -hmm. are ruling giant parts of the economy. Yep. And also giant parts of the workforce. Yes. And... They are fighting to the nail to win business. And so to win a business, they continue to offer more benefits and more pay. But they are also located in areas of the country in which it is simply significantly more expensive to live than the majority of you running these small businesses live. Yeah. Okay. So you're comparing your wage for a new hire to someone maybe in Silicon Valley or California somewhere that where cost of living may be as much as 10 or more X what you're living at. Well, and I see this actually happening in both ways. So the examples you gave, if you're talking about Google and Apple, yes, that's the precedent that they are setting. Amazon is like on the opposite. And and this is not a digression of those companies. I'm just using this as an example. Sure. But Amazon being on the opposite end of that of underpaying their employees yeah. and they're like, they are known. This is not Well, new. and they're, they're hiring contractors. They're hiring contractors. And so business owners who are like, well, I want to be more ethical I than Amazon. I don't know how they're skirting the line with this. I literally don't either. But business owners who want to like, I'm better than Amazon. I want to run a company better than Amazon. So they're like, okay, if you're charging or if you're paying $27 an hour or $32 an hour, then I need to pay more than that so I can feel better ethically aligned than Amazon. The skill sets aren't the same. The job requirements aren't the same. The hours aren't the same. You're comparing apples to oranges here when you're when you're saying, I want to pay more than Amazon. Well, you're also not asking people to do Amazon type of work. Yeah, you're not asking people to lift 100 pounds or make 100 or drive around or, or drive around. Work holidays. Work 12-hour days. And since when did those benefits, the benefits that so many micro companies can provide, when did those lose their value? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And so I think there's this pressure and this is where it comes from. It's this pressure to want to care for people. Yes. It's a pressure for want to make sure people have what they need. And I understand. But it cannot be at the detriment of your business. And that's the thing. That is the thing. Because congratulations, you can offer the best pay and the best, well, it's really just the best pay because that's a whole part two of this conversation. It's just the best pay because you aren't offering any benefits really because you can't afford to. So I'm offering the best pay for what? Six months, a year, two years tops. And then you're going to shut down. They're going to leave because they're burnt out and they're overworked, or they're going to find some place that they take a pay cut, but they're getting more benefits. And you're sitting there like, uh, I was, I've been paying you all of this money. And that wasn't good enough because you're not looking at the whole picture. You're just looking at one piece of the equitable puzzle and the pieces that you aren't looking at that you're ignoring 
are huge. They are huge. But let's start at the top because I think let's just look at the bottom line because that is what it yep. comes down to, at least initially. Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're not paying attention to what your business can afford at the beginning. Yes. Regardless of where you're at in business, before you go and hire, so many people are just like, well, I need this function. I need this skill. I need this area of expertise. I need so-and-so type of person. Right, right. And so they're going out and trying to find that. And then because of that, they're like, I literally don't care what it costs. And so they are just, they like, I know I need this person. And if I don't get that, then the whole thing is just not going to work. And so because of that, this is required. And then they're not, they're completely ignoring the finances of this. And so it's really important that we start at the top and really look at what is our average monthly revenue and what can my business afford on a monthly basis To go monthly. Out. Do you hear her say monthly? Oh, we're not because the, the whole amount year. of clients that we walk through and they're like, I can't afford this person. I can't afford this role. First of all, it's because you're already overpaying the people that you do have on your staff. But you're also looking at the whole cost of their you're whole like, salary. Oh, I can't afford 50,000 or 60. It's not a month. It's not a month, baby. And who says you need to pay 50K? I mean, maybe you do, depending on what Depending on the position, for sure. But I think everyone starts there. Like, everyone's like, it's 50, it's 60, it's more. Yeah, I've seen 50, 60, 75, 80 plus for starting entry-level positions. And my- You have no room to go after that. No room. No room. Okay, so starting with the budget. (laughs) You need to be building towards a budget where you can afford- 30% of your monthly revenue to go towards team members. That does not necessarily mean one person. Right. And it might at the beginning, it might mean you and one other person, you and two other people. But as you continue to grow, the 30% needs to comprise all the essential needs of your business. And if you hire people above what's a reasonable wage, you're going to burn them out with tasks because you're trying to get them to do four jobs, yep. but you think you're paying them well enough that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When in fact, they would much prefer you hire two or three people yep. and they get paid less. Yep. And so many people focus on offloading, you know, we've talked about this, the tasks that they hate. Right. When those tasks generally aren't the thing that's growing your business and moving no. it forward. Right. So if your expenses increase, but your revenue doesn't increase, For you're what? flatlining. For what? For what? So if you, how long are you going to do that for? How long are you, you literally won't be able to, like, you have to train people to be able to be in growth positions or you are going to simply maintain the business you have today. And unless your goal is maintaining the business you have today, then that's a problem. Yep. Okay. So if you're looking at your monthly revenue and you can set aside 30%, okay, well, let's look at reasonable salaries. Okay. I'm all for talking about the type of position you need in your business Yeah, and looking at wage ranges based on your region. I'm all for making sure. Your region. (laughs) Your region that your business is in. Where you are located. Where you are. Regardless of where you might hire. Mm-hmm. You, you have, can do a backup comparison because we've done this before where, done, it's, where it's like, okay, we need to investigate this. Here's our budget. Here's the budget of what it would make sense for where this person lives. Can we afford that? 
Yeah. So we, we will, we will start with the, what is it, what does it cost in our region for this type yep. of employee? And then once you get further along in the hiring process, like she's saying, you can do a backup match. Okay. The three people we're looking at are located in Colorado, Iowa, and wherever. Okay. Right. Now I'm going to do a backup comparison just to make sure yep. this makes sense. Okay. But it's absolutely fine for you to say, I cannot afford to hire someone who lives in California. For example, you can say that. And I know that doesn't feel like a real thing, but it is such an essential piece. Yep. Yep. So you've done to this point, you've assessed what your budget is. Yep. You've looked at what is reasonable in your region to make sure that that fits within your budget for the role you're looking yep, for. Yep, the answer can be no. And if it's no, then we need to start over, okay? Uh-huh. And if if you are good to press go, mm-hmm. then we really need to be considering what is a reasonable title yep. that is in alignment with future growth potential and career opportunity in my business. Yep. Yep. And I think this is the biggest mistake perhaps I'm seeing people make. And part of the reason why they're hiring at such high wages is they're trying to hire for executive level leadership and thus need to pay accordingly. Yeah. But they're putting people in that position that aren't actually qualified. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a promotion? Oh, <laughs> it makes me so vivid <laughs> because you're giving people no upward mobility. Mm-hmm. And if your whole point inside of your own business is for future growth of your company, then you need to have at least three to five potential title changes available to a new hire, especially if you have no existing staff that are kind of filling that area. It'd be one thing if you have an active manager and you're purposefully hiring above or below them. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could maybe argue for that. But when the structure does not exist, you have to allow for upward mobility. And if you're not, then you're making this a dead end job, which people will leave. People hate. And It is not fair for you to hire C-suite exec or leadership and put a shit ton of stuff on their plate before they're properly onboarded, before they're properly trained, because that's also the step that's being skipped nine times out of 10 of, okay, I'll hire you because I'm going to expect you to know these things because you're an exec. But then you get... I see the people freaking out because they're like, well, I don't want to hire someone smarter than me because then what if they can do a better job than me? I hope to God they can. I I know, right? That's literally the point. I know. But people are literally on purpose. On purpose. I don't like H- it. Hiring people that are like as good or like close but not quite Mm-mm. on purpose. Hire someone where like you couldn't do their job. That is worth paying. They might not know that day one. That's the point of upward mobility. But you can train them and you can invest in them, which costs money and costs time. And you can enroll them in programs and certificates and train, like literally whatever for them to get smarter than you in certain areas. And then guess what? Boop, boop, boop. But if we start here, then you're telling that person you have all the skills necessary to do this job when that is not true. No, most of the time it is not true. We barely have the skills we need to do this job and we are just in this spot because we own the business. We created the job. We created the job. So (laughs) we're learning along the way and making mistakes along the way and likely you are too. And my concern is if you hire people at a title and a salary that is 
at the top end, not only are you kind of capping them out for their future potential, but because of that, you are literally putting a stopgap in your budget that is not allowing you to actually continue to assess future needs of your company because you're giving yourself no growth potential. Right. Because guess, well, first of all, guess what managers need to thrive? Teammates. Don't hire a manager who doesn't have anyone underneath them. Oh my God. The number of people, the sheer number of entrepreneurs. I'm a project manager. For what? The sheer number of people who have manager or director. Director. Director of blah, 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 blah. Or chief of blah, 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 blah. Or manager. No. If they have of what? If they have no direct reports, I don't care if they're managing the department. The department is them. They're the person. Technically, you're their boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. So there's no yes. there is no structure. And the reason why we're we're specific about that is because literally as soon as you add manager or director to a title, it increases the pay. And if that position does not deserve that title, it's not about that person. No, 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 it's no. It's about no. the position. You are hiring for the wrong position yes. and thus trying to add people to your business at a title range that is your business is not ready for. Yes. Your business is not ready to sustain that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think people are like, well, how can you afford that many employees? And well, okay, because we built from the bottom up and we yep. built the structure mm-hmm. and we allowed people for growth. And sometimes that means especially when you're small, that you might have someone jump in rank really quickly. Yes. Well, and that's the thing that I want, I don't want people to forget is, you know, we're, we're going again with the best intentions. We're going into this as owners of small businesses who are wanting to do better than these big, greedy, huge corporations, which sure. that is just not a fair comparison, first of all. But okay, we're going to start there and we're making all the right decisions and we're having it with the right intent. And you also need to remember that like, when you bring on team members, they want to develop and grow. They want to take on new responsibilities. They also need that time to process and learn their new and current role to, to like, we literally, I just asked a teammate the other day who is currently in assistant position right now. And I asked her for future growth. Do you ever see yourself like wanting a team, leading a team? Because that takes a type of personality and a certain type of drive. There's no wrong answer here. I'm just trying to get a pulse for where you're at. And so we had an open, honest conversation about that. And I think a lot of people are plopping people into leadership or manager roles who not only aren't trained, but they don't want to do those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's bleeding you money. So would you say that most people, when they start out, even if we're not going to like agree on what title necessarily they need, but that in terms of level, they should really consider associate or assistant level. Exactly what I was going to say. Associate Associate or assistant. Which are are done on the same. Yeah. They're the same level and playing field. Yes. And if you start there... I know people, I know multi-million dollar business owners who do not hire a leader right out of the gate externally until six years into business, seven years into business, multi-millions of dollars of revenue into business. Everyone, They've done this before. Everyone else has hired. They Everyone else in their team was an associate and then moved up or left or moved up or left, right? And so this they, their very first move in seven years. And it was because the history was there. The experience was there. It was a proven like industry to industry connection. So it's a, it's an exception to the rule. It is not the rule. Well, and I think this is where people get this misconception is they're trying to 
it's all coming from a good place. They're trying to mimic the parts they think are good. And so they're like, oh, okay, I need talent. I need people Mm -hmm. with the right talent and Mm -hmm. level of expertise. But skill set and leadership are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. And oftentimes you won't begin to see those until someone's already on your team. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you can necessarily sniff out. And I mean, there are some things like some in things. an interview, in conversations, there are definite red flags where you're like, well, this is not happening. But I also encourage you to give people a chance to thrive and grow within your yeah. company before making those decisions. Right. Okay, so I want to talk about the all of the when we only focus on financial equity because again it's coming from a good place. It's because you want to do everything right, right. And, and you're so, so say they're already in here. Right. They're already here and you're paying them a shit ton of money. Why is that still the mistake? And why, why is it such a problem? Why is it such a problem? Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So not only, and you can come from the actual budgeting and cash flow perspective, but I want to call out all of the other forms of equity that you are missing oh, yeah. that are that are non-existent, oh. that haven't been talked about. And I think the biggest one of them all, and we're not going to get super into detail about like, what does this look like and how can you craft it? I just want you to get to be aware of the things that that honestly your brain maybe hasn't even brought to your attention. And the biggest one of these is psychological safety. Oh, amen. It is absolutely missing when you only prioritize financial equity. And we can get into like, what does that mean here in a second? Psychological safety, your actual company culture and identifying your values and making sure that the behaviors that you're seeing within your employees are living in those values. Because here's the thing, and this is why I think people get so hung up on it is they hear the mission, vision, values, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, that sounds nice. And like, they like draft up some piece of paper Mm -hmm. and it ends up on some drive somewhere and they never look at it again. But if your values are real, Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. you are not only living them, but you're teaching your staff to step up into those values. And the moment they are crossing them, that is actually potential disciplinary action that needs to be taken. Absolutely. We're also ignoring benefits like paid time off and Mm -hmm. vacations, Mm -hmm. flexible hours, working from home, stipends, healthcare, networking, community events, work, personal, professional development aspects. There are so many things. Also, all the benefits that just come with potentially working at a smaller company that maybe it's a women owned business Ooh, the audience that you're impacting. Yeah. The actual work that you're doing is more interesting to them that actually has value and people are underestimating the value that it does have and hold. Because here's, here's, here's why, here's what's actually happening is as a founder, as an owner, as an entrepreneur, as a starter, as a Mm self-starter, typically money is a big motivating factor for you. And you either leave your job or start your own career because you like it and you want more of it and you want to bless people and bless yourself. And I get that. I love it. I'm here for it. Your employees don't share that same thing most of the time. They just don't. They just don't. They're likely, and I don't want to like put everyone in a box because that's, it's not true for everyone. Like there are certain positions, say, say you do hire a salesperson. Absolutely. They are more likely to be money motivated. Yeah. But you have someone who's more operational minded. They literally, (laughs) they would prefer working in a company that's more efficient and care less about the dollars they're earning. Yes. Because that's how their mind works. Yes, and that's so their like love language you're, and so how you're, they get you're, fulfilled. You're literally creating safety within yes. them yes. because you're building in this like trust almost. You know, there's other people that are going to prefer culture. They're going to prefer how you talk or how you communicate. You just cannot assume that everyone has the same drive and motivation. And that those benefits don't have an actual value. Exactly. An actual value. Exactly. You're literally like working from home saves you that maybe someone doesn't have to buy a car in a place where having a car is super expensive. Gas 
insurance, getting like literally so many things, clothes to go into an office, child care. Like there are so many benefits that you can offer that you're ignoring. And maybe you do offer some of these, but you're not taking in the value of what they are in your positioning for new hires or negotiations of salary. But I want to know what would you do If you have a full-time employee on your staff that you are realizing you are drastically overpaying, what are you you stuck? I I want you to really consider the long-term viability of this for them and for you. Mm -hmm. And I know this feels like a hard conversation of like, because it is. I mean, it it is. is. (laughs) It is. It is. But like, you have to assess. Okay, if I keep this person here. What's going to happen? And you need to look at this from two approaches because both of them cost you money. Like pretty much no matter what, it's going to cost you more money. Okay. And so you're going to need to assess if we continue down this road, if they stay at this wage and I literally can't really offer anything else because I've capped myself out. Mm -hmm. What is the burnout likelihood? Like how, like what is the timeline that we forecast? And often we overestimate Mm -hmm. So let's move Yeah. So like if you think you might have six months or a year before they completely tap look out. Look at the next quarter. Look at the next quarter. Okay. So if they're going to leave within a quarter, like, is that actually going to add value to the company? And if, if it's going to financially put a burden on the company in a way that prevents your long-term viability. Cause this is what it's about. We're talking about risk assessment at this point. Mm-hmm. And if you are overpaying someone to the point mm-hmm. that you can't financially afford it, then we need to be looking at a risk analysis of, okay, well, if they leave in three months, but I've been paying out for three months, what does that cost me versus what does it cost me to cut off Literally, like potentially fire or let go. And when we say fire, there's this assumption that firing means that the employee is at fault, but that's not always the case. No, you could have fucked up. Yep, absolutely. And and so you well, and I know this might sound wild and ridiculous, and you can't even imagine a world if you were in this position. I would imagine it's hard to imagine a world where this could be the case. But I would honestly encourage you to present this team member an open and honest conversation with where you're at right now Mm -hmm. and play off a scenario of if we if we go through a pay decrease, Mm -hmm. here's what that could look like to your workload, to your schedule, to the growth of this company. And here's a timeline if we meet these metrics where I could see a pay bump, maybe not back immediately. And if you take that pay bump back up in, into phases, but don't discount the value of that conversation because going back to not everyone is financially motivated. We also can't imagine everyone's financial situation at home, right? Mm-hmm. And their motivating factor for wanting to work with you and for you. And there might be times, I'm not saying it's always, and it's mm-hmm. probably close to never, but there might be times when having a realistic conversation about your options with a game plan and with a timeline of realistic expectations, maybe someone could entertain that idea. I don't know. I mean, I hear you and I definitely think there's use cases for this. Yeah. My concern is by having that conversation you are innately breaking trust. Right. And so because of that, you're going to lose efficiencies in your business regardless. Even if you had a plan to reduce their workload, 
And so I would really entertain like, even if it hurts, because like, it's not just a financial loss, but also potentially a friendship mm-hmm. loss or, or something else. Are you doing this because that feels safer right. when instead you could bring someone new in? And if you bring someone new in intentionally from like the right place that right. starts at the right title, that starts at the pay that actually makes sense for what you can afford, yep. then you can build the trust up versus tearing it all down and attempting to mm-hmm, rebuild. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hear what you're saying and I'm not actually sure yeah. that's the best plan for most people. Yeah, I can I can definitely see it both ways. And I feel like we get ourselves into these positions and we just wish like, okay, well, if, if I had just done it right from the first place. And so what we want to do is say, okay, well, I'll do it right the next time and I'll keep this certain situation. But I don't think the reality is sinking in, or maybe it is for some of you, of how how much time you don't have mm-hmm. when you continue to make these big financial mistakes like this. Yeah. I mean, in full transparency, we have, we've overpaid and yep. then we've tried to correct the situation. We did care about the team members enough Always. to try to do the best we could through the situation. Yep. And more often than not, they will choose to exit on their yep. own if that's the case. Yep. So then it just turns into a salvaging the relationship and maintaining, you know, what you can of that, that you want to, but ultimately the hard place to be in is to remember that you are the founder of a company. And Mm -hmm. if you want that company to continue on and impact more people, Mm -hmm. decisions have to be made. A hundred percent decisions have to be made. And the thing I would, I would be cautious on, and I would definitely recommend talking to a human resources professional around this because you don't want to end up in a wrongful termination lawsuit. At the end of the day, you're likely an at will employer and you don't have to have a reason, but it being something you literally can't afford is a, is a reasonable reason. reason. There are companies who lay off tens of thousands of people all the time. <laughs> like it's not new. No, it's not new. But something you will have to consider is if you do let someone go, you you will likely be responsible for unemployment. Right. And that, that isn't free. That right. does cost money. Right. And so it's not like they just disappear and you no longer whatever. And so the cop out that I do see sometimes people making is they make the the person so uncomfortable that they mm-hmm. choose to leave so they can avoid that. Yes, and I don't like I don't that. like that. And I don't I don't want to promote that either. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure there's been plenty of times where you have the right intention and they get to it before you do because right. you just haven't right. figured your ducks in a row yet. Right. But I don't love that. No, I don't love that. And I think, I mean, ultimately what you need to ask yourself and the hard conversation you need to have with yourself and this same, right? Are you avoiding the conversation and the decision because it makes you uncomfortable or are you giving it a, because ultimately the only reason why you're avoiding it is because it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. The reasons we give that we're avoiding it are for everyone else. And okay. But okay. So let's talk about that just yeah. for a minute, because I think that's really important. Okay. You might be in a position where you overpaid, you got someone in, they're likely at a title that doesn't necessarily match their actual duties because they're probably not managing a team or managing like a team of teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so because of that, their their pay and their title don't make sense with their duties. Okay. 
you might be in a position where your business is financially stable enough that you can continue paying them, but you must consider like, even if you can like afford it, like is the long-term viability there? Because, mm-hmm. because you, you have to really look at if you didn't build any upward mobility and you didn't build any room for growth and you're not really training them and you've tapped out your entire budget so you can't hire additional mm-hmm. help, like have you really just put yourself in a corner where you right. can't get out? Right. Yeah. And what I would really consider in that position is reorganization. And you can, when that happens, and this is maybe perhaps what, you know, if you really do want to keep someone, mm-hmm. Instead of like trying to talk about a decrease in a plan, I would instead talk about reorganization and these are the titles you're hiring for. And if they're Mm -hmm. interested in a position that they could apply to be part of this position, but this position is being terminated. Yeah. Because I think that's a more ethical thing to do because, because you really, if you're going to totally decrease their pay, you also need to change their title. Absolutely. And it might actually not be the right the right department even like you could have hired someone who's I don't know a generic project manager Mm -hmm. is that really what you needed or did you need a marketing assistant right okay does that actually make sense for them it might not right but it doesn't mean they couldn't you couldn't allow them to apply you couldn't allow them to be considered yeah I think a reorganization is a better approach it sucks. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yep. It's still going to not feel great. <laughs> it's still going to not feel great, but it's an opportunity for you to, to build with an actual architecture. Yes. And I think a lot of people are avoiding it because they think the structure they see in corporate is the toxic parts. <sighs> Spoiler alert. It's not. It's not. It's not. And and here's what's funny though, is by you trying so hard to not recreate that toxic corporate environment, you went all in on the financial aspect while ignoring all the other aspects that you created your own small business toxic work environment. Right. Because it may not feel as toxic to you, but as the employee who's doing like, seven roles. They're like, they're like, oh my God, I do all of this stuff on all of these things. Uh-huh. We and need some help I'm, and she won't hire. And I'm jumping all over the place. And there's no, they likely are saying like, there's no structure to anything uh-huh. or there's no processes or there's no system. And why, why is there not this? And of course they, and this is the thing. You get so frustrated as the owner. I get it. You get so frustrated. They're like, why don't they just make a process? Because they don't have time. They don't have time. You haven't given them any time. Yes. You've put way too much burden on them. And you really need to consider, like, why are you doing all of these things? Like, are they actually all being effective? And are they all necessary? And, oh, I like, obviously, I could talk about this for a million more years. (laughs) Yes. But I think we really have to go back to the drawing board. But the fact of the matter is people are overpaying. And and they're hiring for the wrong roles and they're putting people in the wrong positions and then they're neglecting yep. an entire – it's not just one aspect. It is so many aspects. Yep. Well, and another version of overpaying – and this kind of goes back to our conversation we had earlier about you know hiring all these VAs for these specific roles but not an actual person to like solve the solution and whatever. Okay, so you're, you have all these VAs and then your next hire – 
you're equating it to like that hourly rate that that VA had into a full-time position while ignoring all the benefits that you're providing, while ignoring the fact that they don't have to grow their own business and they're seeking clients. And it's a, it's a safety net that you're providing by providing a job that's sustainable and it's Mm -hmm. your job to make it sustainable. All of these other factors. And I think people don't, really do the transition in their head that they need to from working with a ton of VAs to working with employees and that the pay rate is different. The expectations are different. And we seek, I, and I've seen people do this where they seek a VA and they've had a part-time VA as a contractor for a long time. And then they roll that specific person into an employee when that person is still growing their business on the side, because that's like their personality and the whole point of what they wanted to be doing. And yet you're you're paying them such this high rate for this role that like they're not actually trained for because they just rolled into their VA duties to an employee duties without any like middle ground being met. And you didn't have any expectation conversations. You didn't change their role or title. You didn't have them agree to a new job description. Ooh, I could just keep going. Uh huh. Yeah. And I'm concerned. Yeah. The thing I want you to be mindful of at the end of this conversation is Building a safe work environment and building an equitable company isn't just about pay and it isn't just about salary. Well, yeah, because if they're, if if it were just about pay, but you're creating an environment where the business will likely fail, <laughs> then the pay is at risk anyway. Yes. And so it doesn't actually yes. feel safe. Right. Ask yourself, do they really, do you think they legitimately feel safe right now? I'm going to bet a lot of you say no. Mm-hmm. And probably because you're also telling them things you really shouldn't. Yep. Because you hired an exec sweet, sweet person to replace yourself. And so so you, thought yeah. you, you thought you needed to tell them all the things because they need to know all the things because they're in leadership. No, they're not in leadership. Mm-hmm. 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 You can have, and this is the thing is like, if you build up a mobility, you can find motivated people who yes. can grow their skill set. Yes. And it might mean... It might mean that you have to hire people with less experience initially, and that's okay too. Absolutely. Yep. So roll this one back (laughs) to to get the action steps of what we want you to be thinking about and really assessing and auditing in your own hiring process. And if you had plans to go out and hire executive as your first role or leadership or manager or whatever, let's talk. (laughs) There there are conversations that need to be had. Mm -hmm. So if this has been resonating with you, I really strongly want you to consider that perhaps <laughs> Ab- just maybe Abigail and Emily might know a thing or two that, <laughs> that you could benefit from inside of your business that could save you a shit ton of money. They could save you so much money, heartache, and perhaps a future lawsuit. Yep. Let's talk about it. Yep. I would love to include you and be a part of your solution. Yep. Our favorite thing to do is come in and revitalize organizations. And that means being there to walk you through when and how to have these hard conversations, how to really get to the root of things, go to this, not the symptom of the problem, but go to the root cause of the problem and really assess from there. And we are doing all of this and so much more inside of our incubator program. We would love, love, love to see you apply. You can go to bossproject.com slash incubator and submit your application. We're going to have a personal conversation with you about your business, 
about the things that are going on in your business. And we would love to partner with you to help you grow your business consulting. We are here to serve you and so excited to see your application. Also, keep your ears on the radar (laughs) because we have some new things coming very, very, very soon. And we want you to make sure you are there. Yes. It's going to give you the best taste of what it's like to actually work with us inside the incubator and really see the results that your consulting business needs to actually thrive and sustain. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.